You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with Hogsports.com. Got a lot to talk about today as Arkansas prepares to take on the Auburn Tigers on Saturday in Auburn, Alabama. Curtis Wilkerson is going to join us. We're going to talk a little bit about football with him, but we're going to touch on a lot of the stuff going on with basketball lately. Also, Nathan King from Auburn Undercover is going to join us to talk about the Auburn Tigers. From your number one independent source on the Razorbacks, this is your Arkansas versus Auburn Primer. And before we get started, I want to remind you there's plenty of ways to watch and listen. You can always tune in on Facebook Live. Become one of 90,000 Razorback fans to follow the page if you haven't done so. Also available on YouTube. Throw us a like or a thumbs up on both of those platforms. And if you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel, we would love for you to subscribe and also hit the notifications bell so you're alerted anytime we upload new videos. Also share the content with somebody else if you think might like it. They might like it. Also available on Apple Podcasts. Throw us that five-star review if you haven't taken a moment to do that. Say something nice about the show. Let others know what they can expect. And of course, share it with somebody if you think they might like it and maybe are unaware with YouTube or unaware of Apple Podcasts or Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, anywhere else you can think of to find your favorite podcast. Hog Sports is just $1 right now for your first month at HAWGsports.com. Primer time. we got a lot to talk about. I mean, there's a lot to go over. Where do we start? The game starts at 11 a.m. SEC Network from Jordan Hare Stadium. Jordan Hare Stadium. 87,451 capacity. Auburn Tigers are 3-4 and four and 1-3 and three in the SEC. All four losses have come to teams ranked in the top 20. Some of them have been blowouts. Arkansas is 4-3, and 1-3 and three in the SEC. Can't say the same about their losses. Both teams seem healthy. As healthy as they're going to get. Arkansas has lost six in a row to these guys, including the 2020 loss, quote-unquote loss, I was actually going back over that game, looking back to to see the play as I was kind of preparing for this one, and I came across some of the blunders, referee blunders from last year's game, and you're just like, crap. I mean, that's it's not like a game-ending type of situation, but like the fumble, the Jashad Stewart force that was ruled not a fumble, uh, a couple of pass interference calls that were just ridiculous, including one that was just like seven yards out of bounds. Uh, there was just a lot of uh, – very not seven yards, seven feet out of bounds. Still, uh, that's enough. There's just a lot of really questionable calls in that that really swung momentum the wrong way. Not as game changing as the moment that happened last time, but it just always seems like something happens in these games. Whether it's Jim Cheney and some of the coaches getting stuck in the elevator. Sam Pittman talked a little bit about that on Wednesday. He was, you know, they were running that fullback wham play. Auburn defender would just come down and then suddenly he'd just be met by a fullback and it just opened up a lane. And it was 21-21. This was 2014. It was 21-21 at halftime. Pittman says they're coming down to make some adjustments and stuff and Chaney never showed up. It's the first and only time in his coaching career that he's seen a coach get stuck in the elevator. Only at Auburn. Of course, we talked about the 2010 game where Jermaine Thomas strips the ball before it crosses the goal line. I'm not saying there's a referee conspiracy. I, I always point to more incompetence by referees versus uh, conspiracies like a lot of people do. Just incompetence. It's a big difference. I'm not saying – I'm not questioning anybody's integrity here. I'm just saying incompetence. 
I hope Arkansas is motivated by this one, but I felt like, you know, last year they pressed a little bit. Sam Pippen said as much. Arkansas was actually favored in that game. First time in a long time that they've been favored in an SEC game and uh, just didn't get the job done. Yeah, like I said, Brian Harson says they're healthy. Arkansas is as healthy as they're going to be. The line on this game is minus three and a half to Arkansas. So minus three and a half. Chris Hummer and Brad Crawford are two of our national guys. They make picks on all the biggest games. They both like Arkansas in this one. Hummer has Arkansas 38-34, so covering. And Crawford has Arkansas 32-26. I'm thinking along the lines of 38-31 or something like that. I don't know. Maybe not that high scoring. I don't know. But I think Arkansas is going to win the game. I think Arkansas has got a better team, especially when healthy. I think they've got a better quarterback. I think the one advantage for Auburn is playing at Jordan-Hare Stadium. That's an advantage. Obviously, a lot of crazy things have happened there. But it's a great environment. Like, if you're a fan going to the game, it's a great stadium. I am kind of a stadium geek. I like the symmetry of the stadium. Um, It just feels nice and clean uh, from that regard. However, I've stated several times my disgust with the Auburn University over the placement of the new press box behind the big screen in the end zone, way up high, it just completely takes you out. I don't understand how you can be a media person and, and cover the game. So, I'm not going. I'm not going to go cover a game in the worst seat in college football, <laughs> especially how hard it is to get there. After week eight, the bowl predictions have – we I had a good discussion with Rick Schaefer about this because I kind of changed my mind as I was going along. But they have – CBS Sports has Arkansas facing Notre Dame in the Gator Bowl. Would you take that right now? I mean, that's kind of lumped in with a group of other games, um, you know, similar to the Outback. It's kind of – it's grouped in with a bunch of, of, of very similar bowl games in Florida. Uh, you know, being a nine-win team and going to the Gator Bowl out of the SEC is not very uncommon also. So, would you take that right now, Gator Bowl versus Notre Dame, considering they're bowl ineligible right now? I don't know if I would or not. It's hard for me to say, yeah, I'll take a loss because I know that if they – I don't know. If, if they surge, I feel like – I mean, if they lose one, they'd have eight wins. But if they surge, I feel like they'll be in a better bowl. And it's hard for me to just say, yeah, I'll take a loss right now when I think that they can win all the games left, although that's easier said than done. A lot of things can happen. An injury can happen. ball doesn't bounce your way. I may use some Houston nutisms today. Right now in the SEC power rankings, they've got they've got Arkansas number nine. This is Brad Crawford again. I think this is really tough teams four through ten. Not that they're interchangeable, but I just think is there a big distinction between, you know, eleven, ten, nine, and eight? You know. Eight, seven, six. Is there a big distinction? It's crazy to see South Carolina that high when Arkansas gave them all they wanted. I would take South Carolina on right now. Difference in schedules. I guess I'll tell you what else I would take right now. Ozarks go. If you don't have Ozarks go, you should really try it out. I have had three different internet service providers, not recently, but over, over time, uh, over Fairly recent time, I should say. And Ozarks Go has definitely been the best in terms of always having uptime. For me personally, I'm not saying everybody's experience will be that, but I can just tell you my experience. I've never had an internet problem. And um, that to me is invaluable. Friends come over. Hey, what's your password to get on the guest account? I tell them it works seamlessly. That's what's nice when things just work the way they're supposed to. I haven't thought about these guys. I haven't unplugged and replugged. If you're interested in Ozarks Go, want to find out more, go to ozarksgo.net slash hog, H-A-W-G, and click the check availability graphic at the top right of the page uh, on desktop or the three bars if you're on mobile. And you can find out if they're available in your area. Think Northwest Arkansas. uh, Think uh, Northeast Oklahoma. Think north of the tunnel. Think if you have an Ozarks electric bill, then you can get Ozarks Go. So, it's a great service. I can't say enough about those guys. Been very pleased with them. And the reason I like them so much is because I don't ever think about them. And they don't jack up your price year one to year two. They offer gigabit, which is 1,000 megabits per second. That's almost instant. <laughs> and 100 megabits per second, which is fine for most people. So two great uh, two great speeds you can choose from. And uh, 
and a great price and local people you talk to. If you want to talk to them on the phone, it's 479-684-4900. I'll put a link in the description on YouTube. Uh, but if you talk to them and you call them, you're not going to get shipped off to some call center either. You're going to talk to somebody um, locally. So that's another good thing about them. Didn't mean to smack. I know that's annoying to listen to. <laughs> All right. Where should we go? Let's go to Curtis. We'll go to Curtis first, and we'll get it to Nathan uh, in a little bit. For those of you who don't follow Kurt Wilkerson, you should. He has a great show also called Hog Hoops Live, H-A-W-G Hoops Live, also on YouTube. You can It's on the same Apple Podcast channel, but it's on a different YouTube channel. And he also streams it live on Facebook. You should check it out. Curtis, how you doing, man? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? I'm doing really good. So uh, when are you headed to Austin? You going tomorrow? Yeah, I'm going tomorrow. You're going to leave bright and early. i got to get down there in time to eat some barbecue, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hear you. So uh, <laughs> different kind of barbecue in Texas. So uh, this game's on television. Everybody be able to watch it and listen to it and, and whatnot, right? Uh, wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's a hot topic right now, isn't it? Yeah, it yeah, is. That's that's uh, that's never a good look, you know. When you when you publicize a game uh, and put out in a release, it's oh yeah, it's going to be on the Longhorn Network. Everybody can watch, and then it's just quietly, you, you know, you start going back and checking schedules, and it's like, oh, I don't see Longhorn Network on uh, on Arkansas schedule page anymore. Let me go check Texas. Oh, weird, it's not there either. And here we are. So, yeah, they'll have a radio broadcast, I guess. But, yeah, no uh, no stream unless uh, ES, ESPN Pinto or whatever mm-hmm. heads down there, I guess. Yeah, I'm not even sure how to say his Twitter. ES Pinto, I guess, maybe? ES, ESP, ES Pinto, yeah, there yeah. we go. <laughs> what, so, you uh, obviously went to the Roger State game. I was there. Andrew was there. What, what are your takeaways from just that – First home exhibition, finally seeing him play somebody else live. I mean, obviously we saw him in Europe, but this is a little bit different. Yeah, well, I mean, I just – I thought it went the way it was supposed to go. And mm. it's it sounds silly, but that just wasn't the case last year. I mean, it was a, a year ago to the day that I was sitting in there watching them in a, you know, a dogfight with East Central Oklahoma College or, or whoever it was. Uh, so it was kind of refreshing to see them, you know, kind of impose their will on another team the way they should – uh, you know, the things that stood out to me are, are pretty obvious, I think. I mean, this team, uh, they're long, they're athletic, and, and they're just really, really talented. They just look different mm-hmm. uh, than, than some of these Arkansas teams in the past under Musselman. And that's kind of a scary proposition for opponents when you consider what Arkansas has done the last couple of years. So, uh, you know, I'm just really impressed with guys like Trevin Brazil, uh, just how versatile he is at his size. Anthony Black. Uh, man, as a six-seven point guard, you know the way he can can take off and and fly and dunk on guys, but just his ability to just control the game. He's got such a good feel for the game for a freshman. He's a great passer. He just always seems under control and, and commanding of the offense. So when you talk about, uh, oh, you know, his team's turning it over too much. Sixteen is too many. Yeah, it is. But it, you know, it's a new group, eleven new faces. They're getting comfortable with each other. I think they're going to be a really high assist team. Uh, and I think they're going to cut those turnovers down quite a bit. So, uh, you know, those are some of the things that impress me. Well, did free throw uh, you know, shooting, did that impress you? The free throw shooting did not impress <laughs> me. You know, it's it's interesting. I actually wrote a story about the, the free throw shooting over the summer because I wondered if it would be a concern. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at some of the guys that Musk brought in, whether it's, you know, the freshmen uh, really outside of Nick Smith and, and all the transfers outside of Ricky Council – it's a bunch of guys who have a real knack for getting to the free throw line, which is a big deal from us. He preaches it. That's how they overcome some of the poor three-point shooting at times. But a lot of these guys don't have a lot of success uh, shooting it from the free throw line. Most of those transfers are under 60% for their career. Uh, so you wonder, uh, well, they're going to get to the free throw line a lot, like 37 times. Man, they need to make more than 20 of them. Uh, but Must does have a track record for bringing guys who may have not been strong free throw shooters at their previous stops over the course of the year really getting him to be pretty solid yeah uh, you know we saw that a lot last year and even the year before with him so he's gonna have his work cut out for him with this group because i i do man I, I think they put a lot of pressure on the rim they're so athletic they're gonna draw a lot of fouls but when you have a field goal percentage that's higher than your free throw percentage that probably is not a great sign for where you're at from the charity stripe i uh 
think they definitely need to put in a little extra work there for sure. Curtis Wilkerson joining us. You can follow him at Kurt Wilkerson underscore on Twitter. He is the Hog Sports senior analyst. Uh, does a little bit of everything, including uh, being our main basketball guy. Does a great job covering basketball like nobody else. And you should also go check out his show, Hog Hoops Live, on YouTube, on Facebook Live, and uh, on the same channel on Apple Podcasts also. Uh, Ricky Council. So, obviously, this team, we're a little concerned about shooting free throws, three-pointers. I don't know if you saw this article by Ricky Council. So last year at Wichita State, when he had a hand in his face from three-point range, he was 9 of 26. That's 34.6%. Not bad. Um, when he was shooting off the off the dribble, he was 36.8% on his 38 attempts. Not bad. When he was wide open, when he was wide open, he made just three three-pointers in 14.3% wide open. Isn't that weird? I mean – that is a wild statistic. I did read that article. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Uh, yeah, I just – I don't even know what to make of that. And it's interesting because when we were talking to Musk the other day about the analytics that they use, uh, you know, and, and kind of, you know, seeing some improvement from the three-point line, he directly mentioned Council and said that, you know, with what they've been doing and what they've been logging over the course of the summer and Europe and everything like that, that he's actually shooting much better uh, on catch-and-shoot opportunities as opposed to when he gives a shot fake and, and maybe takes one dribble to the left, left or the right and pulls up or if it goes to that step back. So it's almost the inverse. Uh, so I do you think, know. Curtis, do you think that has anything to do – because his mechanics are a little funny, aren't they? Don't you think? His mechanics are funny. You know, it's really interesting when you watch him, uh, that jumper, it, it's it's like it's kind of like a knuckleball. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's kind of a weird two-handed shot, uh, not a lot of rotation on it. So – when you see him shoot the three like that, you're like, I don't know if this guy is really going to be the answer to help. But he is almost a 34% shooter, you know, from three from his career, which is, you know, quite a bit better than Arkansas shot last year. But I think a telltale sign for guys on, you know, what their potential could be from beyond the arc is how they shoot from the free throw line. He was 85% from the free throw line yeah. last year. Uh, really fluid. The rotation looks better. He looks comfortable there. So, uh, maybe there's something to be said for, you know, him having his feet set and, and having a consistent rhythm when he pulls up. I'm going to be anxious to see because they definitely need three-point shooting. And if he's a guy that can give it to them, uh, they're, they're definitely going to be better for it. Anthon Bell used to shoot uh, used to shoot knuckleball three-pointers, if you remember. And he was actually a pretty oh, yeah. good three-point shooter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It so, doesn't have, that doesn't matter how pretty it is if it goes in. Exactly, exactly. So uh, you always ask five burning questions uh, five keys to victory what's your key to what's your we always talk about turnovers penalties special teams injuries play a big role uh, and then we always pick a, a fifth what's your uh, what's your fifth key to victory this this week yeah you know i feel like i get in a run sometimes with these things of going with like you know third down conversions or the red zone or get off to a fast start mm -hmm. and it's just, you know, it's just i don't know it just becomes too routine but the more i focus on this game uh, I went with control the controllable, and I, I did that for a couple reasons. One, you know, as I'm, I'm researching this game and trying to get a better feel for Auburn, it's kind of challenging to find some real good information on their football team because everybody's so fixated on what's going on with the coach, uh, you know, different guys leaving every day. Uh, you know, there's some distractions there, and you know, I, th I think it's important for Arkansas to worry about themselves uh, and kind of control what they can control. You know, Trey Knox said it when we were interviewing him the other night, during his time at Arkansas, they just haven't played well against Auburn. Well, that's something that they can control. And on the flip side of that, you know, I heard you talking about 
some of these officiating wonders. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, some of the things that have happened, you know, in this series and, and certainly in that stadium. Uh, well, I think Arkansas has got a good enough team where they can get themselves a little bit of a cushion and maybe avoid putting themselves uh, in a situation where it can be taken away from them like it was the last time they were over there. So that's uh, that's my thought process on this one. You know, I, I think Arkansas uh, is the better team and the better, you know, I don't know, state of mind, I guess you will, or better state yeah. as a program. Uh, so if they handle their own business, uh, I don't know that it necessarily matters what Auburn has going on. Absolutely. So how do you see the, the Auburn game playing out? And uh, are they keeping score in Austin? I heard they didn't even keep score for the Houston, their Houston uh, their Houston scrimmage. Is that true? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's one of those weird secret scrimmage things. Yeah. So they close the doors to the media. They don't let fans in. I think they play like gotcha. a half and then do some situational stuff. Arkansas has done stuff like that, I guess, before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As, as I understand it, you know, with, with fans coming in and everything like that, it's supposed to be a full 40-minute game. I, I think you're going to keep score. They better. Mm-hmm. Um, if not, I will. So I'll let everybody know the outcome. But, uh, you know, as far as the Auburn game is concerned, I was listening to you and, and, you know, some of the predictions that the other guys had. Um, I, I might be a little more bold. I, I don't know. I, I think with Arkansas getting more healthy uh, in the secondary, combine that with, you know, Auburn struggled a little bit in the passing attack. They've got twice as many interceptions. They do touchdown passes. Uh, you worry about guys like Ashford, Tanks, King Bigsby, some of those playmakers. But I, I think Arkansas might have a little bit of a breakout performance here. I've, I've been considering going with maybe a 10 to 14 point margin for the Razorbacks. I know that's tough to do. On the road, I know they've lost six in a row, but I, I feel pretty good about where this team's at coming off the bye. Uh, and so I think I'm going to go with the, the Hogs to roll in this one. All right, Curtis, you heard it here first. Curtis Wilkerson going with uh, a win uh, by a pretty handy margin. All right, Kurt, appreciate, appreciate you, man. Good luck uh, traveling to Austin. I appreciate it. We'll talk soon. All right, everybody, that's Kurt Wilkerson again. Check out his Hog Hoops live channel on YouTube. Does a great job there. It's very similar setup to this one. We're going to go to Nathan now, Nathan King. Nathan King is the beat writer for Auburn Undercover. Does a podcast as well. You can follow him at Nathan King 24-7. Nathan, how you doing, man? Hey, I'm good, Trey. How are y'all? We're doing real good over here in Arkansas. Um, obviously a big game for, for both teams. I, I kind of personally think it's a, a bigger game for Arkansas just given where – the perception is of Arkansas kind of feeling on the upswing and Auburn. I don't know. You tell me if it almost feels like we're just kind of biding our time to, uh, to blow this thing up and start over. Yep. Uh, it certainly feels that way. If it feels that way to you, it, uh, it, it definitely feels that way over here. You know, what, one thing I will say is that, um, you know, you, you, you asked me about it in our, in our Q and a, and you know, it's something that's, that's been discussed a lot this season. Anytime you have something like this, where it, it seems like writings are on the wall. The question is, you know, well, is the team still playing hard? And up until this point, as of now, we, we've, we've so far had no reason to question um, the fight in this team. I think that was pretty evident. They, they went down 21 nothing at Ole Miss and mm-hmm. uh, could have easily folded yeah. in that game. And, and look, I wasn't around in that 2012 season when they went 3-9. and nine. Obviously, that was, that was Gene Chizik's last year uh, but everybody that was said you know that that those are the kinds of situations where they just they they fold it right up and pack it pack it right on in and just let the kind of the other team do whatever they wanted um Auburn ended up outscoring Ole Miss 34 to 27 the rest of the way obviously it wasn't enough to uh to overcome their early struggles and a big onside that kick that people probably just gloss over I mean that was a big turning point in the game huge huge onside kick because um, you know, the thing was, Trey, Auburn actually never had the opportunity past, you know, the first couple drives of the game, mm-hmm. of course. Auburn never had the opportunity to take a lead in this game. Every time they had the ball, they were either down seven or more, obviously, you know, barring a two-point conversion. But they were never in a position where they were only down a field goal. That that was that position um, where where they were kind of getting there and, and all the momentum was swinging back Auburn's way. Um, yeah, and you're exactly right. It was a huge call by Lane Kiffin there and an, an intelligent play call that Brian Harson admitted, you know, they just, they just weren't ready for it. And so, you know, things are, uh, things are pretty bleak. It's, it's been only accentuated this week where uh, four players have left the team mm-hmm. this week, all, all obviously, you know, announcing that they have the intent to transfer once that opens up at the beginning of December. Um, yeah. And that's, that's just sort of how it seems right now. Of course, you know, you look at the end of Auburn's schedule here and, um, there's no reason they can't win all of their remaining games except for Alabama. Now they'd have to they'd have to play better than they have all season, but 
Um, you know, can they beat Arkansas at home on Saturday? Absolutely. Absolutely. They can win this game. Can they beat Texas A&M at home on Saturday, you know, a couple weekends from that? Um, yeah, I think so. With the way Texas A&M's playing, then you never know about a team like a Mississippi State. Um, and then they host Western Kentucky. And so, you know, for as bleak as things, things seem, I, I do think there's an opportunity for Auburn to maybe salvage a couple wins here down the stretch. But again, they've They've just played so inconsistently. If it's not one side of the ball, it's the other. They've, they've not been nearly able to put anything together for four quarters in a game. And so, uh, you know, against an Arkansas team that looks like it's getting a lot healthier on defense and played really well on offense the last time it was out there, um, they'll probably need to play a four-quarter game in order to get a win, even though they're at home. This is kind of a, a two-part question, but can Auburn get out of its own way? I mean, 16 turnovers, that's a, that's a lot. That's – near the bottom of the country, their turnover margins last in the country. And do they have the quarterback to get out of their own way? My opinion on Ashford, he's kind of seemed like just an athlete back there and doesn't always make the best decisions. Can Auburn get out of their own way? Because athletically, yeah, they, they have guys that compete in this conference. Obviously, you look at the recruiting rankings and, um, you know, there's plenty of players on Auburn's roster that I would say, yeah, that, that guy would be welcome over at Arkansas any day. Uh, but can they get out of their own way? Yeah, I mean, it's it's sort of mind-boggling, the turnover situation. Um, you know, it, it took until their fourth game of the season against Missouri for them to get a turnover, for them to generate a turnover on defense. Even still, they only have two interceptions on the year. Um, they have three recovered fumbles. And like you mentioned, the worst turnover margin, the worst per-game turnover margin in all of college football, it starts with those quarterbacks. Robbie Ashford has fumbled the ball eight times this mm-hmm. season. Um, that's the second most in college football, I believe Nikosi Perry at, at FAU is the only one who's ahead of him with nine fumbles on the year. Grant, he's only lost two of them, but that just speaks to, to his inconsistencies. I mean, his Robbie Ashford has been a good athlete, like you mentioned, but he's been highly inaccurate. Even when you even when you put some blame on the offensive line and you say, "All right, let's go look at an adjusted completion percentage," you know that, that accounts for throwaways and drops. He's still dead last in the SEC. He's dead last in the SEC um, in QBR, and so. You know, not many people expected him to be in this position. Um, he was a guy in the offseason that most people thought would be the number three quarterback. They thought Zach Calzado would start, thought T.J. Finley would probably be the backup, but now here we are with Robbie Ashford pretty well positioned to to start the rest of SEC play for Auburn. So can they get out of their own way? I think it's definitely a possibility if you have a smart game plan for Robbie Ashford, but you know, it's it's all up to him in that regard. He's He's been a guy that even on plays where the defense doesn't affect him that much, um, he's still turned the ball over, you know, with those, with those eight fumbles, he's also thrown five interceptions on the year. Auburn's quarterbacks have one of the worst touchdown interception ratios, um, combined between Ashford and Finley in the country. And so, you know, that's, you know, we talk about turnovers every single game, of course, as being a, as being a huge factor, but for Auburn, it, it really does matter a lot here because no one's been worse at it, um, in the entire country than them. And so I think honestly, if they turn the ball over more than once Saturday, that's if you if you tell me, you know, we're sitting here on Thursday, Auburn's going to turn the ball over twice. I say no way they win this game. I don't, I don't care what else happens. Um, they've just proven that they, they have they have no ability to rebound from that. Even against Ole Miss, they ran for 300 yards. And Ashford looked pretty good, actually, after the first quarter. And uh, that still wasn't enough to overcome two early turnovers. So that's that's got to be their, their number one uh, piece of importance in this game. Nathan King joining us again. You can follow him at Nathan King 24-7. He is the Auburn uh, undercover beat writer and does a lot of great work over there. So, first of all, Bo Nix doesn't seem so bad right now, nope. <laughs> given this situation. Uh, but on the other side of the ball, I ask you this, but how so – Auburn's given up 204 rushing yards a game. They gave up 448 to Ole Miss – Three rushers over a hundred yards. How did how did that how does that happen with a with a defense with a talent that Auburn has? Yeah, I mean, you look at their linebacker situation. I think that's where it starts. Um, Owen Papo is a guy who's come back from injury, um, and he's he's been able to have the statistics. He's Auburn's leading tackler, um, but he has not been a very effective player in space. And then a couple first time starters in in Cam Riley and Wesley Steiner, and neither of them have been very good at run defense as well this is a thin defensive line not thin because of how many guys they have but thin because of how many guys they play they only play about five defensive linemen a game um they've mm. got more than that on the roster but they just don't play them and so you're asking guys like colby wooden and, and marcus harris to play um a really high number of snaps but um you know it was funny when i asked when i asked papo about that this week the first thing he mentioned was setting the edge he said they when they went back and watched the film over the bye week that was the number one issue they had they didn't set the edge properly that allowed Ole Miss to get around the corners. And then when they were running between the tackles, 
he said Auburn's coaches charted them with 20 missed tackles in this game. Mm. If 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 that is accurate, which you know you got to got to go by what the coaches say, that's the most Auburn's had in a game since the 2016 Iron Bowl. Pro Football Focus had them down for 20 missed tackles in that game as well. And then oh well, you know on top of all that, you know the, all the all the veteran defensive players also talked about gap integrity and saying you know we're not being disciplined finishing out plays. You know there there are too many guys looking at other people's gaps not just worrying about what they're doing. And so um, it's been an undisciplined defensive front. It, it's not one that, like you mentioned, it's not one that lacks talent at the moment, but it has lacked consistency. It has lacked discipline. It's it's lacked uh, strong tackling. I don't think they're getting a lot of support from their safety position as well. Those safeties have not been able to come up and, and, and give much support in the run game. And so you, know, you saw some of these issues last year. Last year they were pretty good defending the run. Uh, mm-hmm. But for me, it starts with the linebackers. You know, a crazy statistic combined between those three linebackers this year the only three they play they don't they don't play any more than that they have half a tackle for loss on the entire season between those three guys wow. and so that just kind of that just kind of goes to show you know what their inability to get back there um on on defense and you know it and it, it, it's really doesn't bode well for them arkansas runs the ball more than anybody other than the service academies um and so you know it, it, it really doesn't bode well coming off that old misperformance for uh for them to get this kind of matchup and in this game, and that's what I just keep coming back to. Arkansas is such a successful running team, and not only their success, they're just going to keep doing it over and over again over the course of the game. And Auburn has not shown this season the ability to stop a team that says, "We well, you know, we have talent, you know, we we run the ball well, and we're going to try to dictate the game in that regard." Any team that tries to do that, whether it was Penn State in the second half, whether it was Georgia in the second half, whether it was Ole Miss for the entire game, whether it was Missouri, Missouri ran the ball really well. Auburn has not been able to stop it this season. Tell me something positive, something. <laughs> well, you know, you, you look at uh, you know, I, I just think I just think this is Tank Bigsby. Let's talk about game. Tank Bigsby. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you, you talk about a guy like like Tank Bigsby and, and what they did, uh, what they did against Ole Miss on the ground. Mm-hmm. It was their most rushing yards actually since an SEC game since they uh, that 2017 game at Arkansas. I believe that was like 52 to, to 20 something like that. Um, it was their most rushing yards in an SEC game since then, and. It really came out of nowhere, if I'm being honest. I mean, this is not a team that's run blocked very well all season. They've actually, at the beginning of the year against Penn State, Missouri in particular, they had like 30 more yards after contact between those two games than they did rushing yards, mm-hmm. meaning they were starting from like three yards behind the line of scrimmage every single time. Guys were getting into the backfield routinely. Um, Tank Bigsby still had to break a bunch of tackles this is, against Ole Miss. Yeah, it I just, mean, it's obviously a lot of offensive line, right? I mean – you, like there's is. a lot of seniors, but you're, you know, it's a third senior. The starting senior medically retired. The other guy got hurt, so Council's the third guy. And there's a lot of seniors, but they're they don't have a lot of experience playing like as starts, you know. Yeah, and they, and and they're just and none of them are very impressive. I mean, there there are a lot of experience. You know, Brandon Council's in his seventh year of college yeah. football. Um, do I think he's an up, you know upper half of the SEC center? At the moment, uh, absolutely not. You know, Brian Harson said yesterday on the teleconference that left tackle Killian Zaire has been their most stable offensive lineman. And I don't think you've talked to many people who think he's been all that good this season. And so um, it's just been really bad. It's been, it's been um, you know, growing over the past few seasons. Um, you know, as, as you know, that's, that's been something that's been a concern the last couple of years is them, is, is that offensive line. Obviously, that's why Bo Nix had to run for his life all the time. But now it's seeping over into the run blocking as well, to where you have a guy like Tank Bigsby, even Jarquez Hunter, I think, is one of the better running backs in yeah, the SEC. Yeah, I like Hunter too. Neither of them have been able to get much of a head of steam, and um, you know, Arkansas is not elite in that category. So maybe we'll maybe we'll continue to see them do that once again. But honestly, we just have no way of knowing. It's been such an inconsistent offensive line that is that has really held held guys back, held guys like like Bigsby and Ashford and uh, and Jarquez Hunter. It's held them back this season. I can't imagine like it's same story with Dorian Gerald, except for Council transfer from uh, Akron. And, I mean, you think you go into 2020, you think that's your final year and you end up getting it back. And uh, then you get injured in 2021. I think that's what happened. And then, you know, you get the, the medical for that. So, But Dorian Gerald, he's in his seventh year also. So, pretty wild. How do you think this one's going to play out, Nathan? We'll get you out with that. Yeah, for me, it, it keeps going back to that, that Arkansas running game. And I was actually thinking about I was listening to a podcast talking about Penn State and Ohio State today. And, uh, and I was remembering that Penn State game and for Auburn. I thought, huh. They really couldn't slow down Penn State at all in the second half on the ground. And then thinking about it, huh, they really couldn't slow down Missouri in the second half on the ground. They couldn't slow down Georgia the entire game on the ground. They couldn't slow down Ole Miss. So I just – I understand this game's at home. I do think this is going to be a close game. Um, I don't – you know, 
I'm sure you wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be shocked at all if Auburn won Jer- this game. Jordan here matters. That stadium matters. I mean, it, absolutely. There's been and games where it didn't. Penn State, obviously, but it, it matters. Yes, it. I mean, it's affected them in a lot of games. Um, they they even had a close game against San Jose State, where the Spartans had four false starts when they were going up against Auburn student section. So I mean, that that made a pretty big difference. But um, you just look at this run defense, and and now you look at a team like Arkansas that that's. That's all they want to do. I look at how healthy Arkansas is getting on defense. I don't. I don't think Arkansas is very good on defense, but they're going against a pretty subpar offense that they can't really do much in terms of passing the ball. If I were Arkansas, I would load that box. I mean, I, I don't. You have to make Robbie Ashford beat you with his arm in this game, and really more than that, you should just make him drop back and pass. Even if he does complete some passes, the more times that he has the ball in his hands, he's just been so turnover prone. So just keep putting the ball in his hands. Keep making him be the one who has to beat you other than Tank Bigsby, I just, you know, those are a few advantages that I just keep coming back to and, and can't seem to convince myself that, that they will go Auburn's way. Um, and so, yeah, I think Arkansas will be able to dictate the pace of the game on offense. I think they'll play a little bit better on defense than they have the past few weeks because of the guys they're getting back. And then I have no reason to believe Auburn will turn the ball over a couple of times because that's what they've done all season. I'm, I'm picking Arkansas 41 to 31. All right. That's Nathan King, everybody. Hey, Nathan, appreciate having you on, and I'll talk to you in a little bit. You'll be the host, and I'll get to be the guest. Yes, sir. Sounds good. Looking All right, to man. You. Thank you. Okay. Thanks, Nathan. All right, everybody. That's Nathan King. Again, you can follow him at Nathan King 24-7. If you're an Auburn fan listening, you need to check out uh, what Nathan King is bringing to the table. Where do we want to go? I hadn't really thought about where we're going next. A few of my opinions on the game. I've already said, you know, I think that – just from a perception standpoint, the way it, things look at Auburn, getting ready to blow things up versus Arkansas, and things can change in an instant. Everything's going good until suddenly it's not and everybody turns on the coach and all that kind of stuff and it gets nasty. But the perception for me right now is Arkansas is trending upwards and Auburn is ready to blow things up. But they are still fighting. They're, he's absolutely right on that. I went back and watched the Ole Miss game, uh, the Auburn Ole Miss game again. I've watched it twice now. And they still fight and they still battle. And there was a, you know, they came back. They And that's something that you don't usually see with a coach that, you know, you, you kind of have the idea that they're on their way out. I, I go back to Brett Bielema, uh, his last year when they played in Oxford. And, and, I mean, it was getting ready to be a blowout. And Arkansas battled back. And that's because they wanted to fight for their head coach. That's not the perception that we see from the outside with Brian Harson. We see a guy that's just – it's just a matter of time. Harson's – I feel for guys like Nathan who have to cover Harson because this dude doesn't say anything. He talks forever and doesn't and just doesn't say anything. Like he was asked about the SI article about um, him not allowing players to redshirt, and he just said he's not familiar with that report. Didn't deny. Just said I'm not familiar with the report. Very interesting fella, and I think just a just a really bad fit at Auburn. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. We talked about the 2020 game. I talked about last year's game. Some of the things that we've seen in the past. I think Arkansas, when it comes down to it, Auburn has a, a big advantage playing at Jordan-Hare Stadium. 
That's a really underrated venue, in my opinion. 87,000 plus. I've been there several times. But uh, Arkansas has a massive advantage at quarterback. And that's when I when I look at things, and I don't necessarily think everything's equal in this. I think Arkansas has some holes. Auburn has a lot of holes. But when I look at the quarterback situation, those are the things I look at when I'm like, all right, if everything is equal, where is the game being played and what's the quarterback situation? And to me, this is just a dramatic difference for Arkansas. Arkansas, you almost are like just, you know, I don't want to say be conservative, but you're almost just like don't make any mistakes because Auburn's going to make mistakes. They're going to give you opportunities. They're going to give you opportunities. It can't be like Mississippi State. Now, they don't have the firepower Mississippi State has, but it can't be like Mississippi State where they throw you four, really three, I think, catchable interceptions and you drop every one of them. It can't be that. It's got to be make them pay with an interception or a fumble recovery and then go score a touchdown and make them pay, drive it home. Give them no chance. But they battled back against Ole Miss, and that was on the road in Oxford. And they've had a bye week to think about things. Got to get Rocket Sanders rolling. I kind of like the way things worked out, even though Rocket was kind of benched in the last game for putting the ball on the turf a couple times. Uh, But he only had 15 carries, but it's like 174 yards. He had that 64-yard run, uh, maybe 177 yards. But he, to me, in that game – you know, you, you, you established him early. Then you didn't play him for a while. And DeBinion and Green, those guys did a lot of things in the middle of the game. And then you brought Rocket in, you know, what, midway through the third quarter, and he just – he was fresh and healthy. You heard what he said about Auburn's defensive line. They play like five defensive line, play like three linebackers. Keep pounding. Even if it's not getting you a whole bunch of yards, just keep going at those guys, softening them up, softening them up. And then you get to the fourth quarter, and as Bobby Petrino used to say, you know, it's the same linebacker, but it's a different running back, a fresh guy. Eh, just a few thoughts. Scoring offense, Arkansas – or, excuse me, Auburn is 22.3 points per game. Arkansas's defense, 32.6. Both those teams – both those stats are 13th in the SEC. Neither are good stats. Auburn's putting up 377 yards. That's ninth. Arkansas's defense, 357.7. I, I just think, I don't know. If Auburn can get out if Auburn can get out of their own way, then they, they'll make this a game. But I just, I don't, I don't believe that they can. We're going to get to your questions. Jordan Walsh named the Julius Irving Award watch list, by the way. Nick Smith Jr. was listed by Eric Bossy as one of 10 highly touted freshmen who will need to produce in 2022-23. Just a couple of housekeeping things. I mentioned the Ricky Council thing. Ricky Council is is one of nine guys who could be a problem solver for Arkansas. They need somebody else to to knock down three-pointers besides Nick Smith. He's like the only guy. And Pinion, you know, Pinion, they feel like he can he can get on the court from a defensive standpoint then he can be a guy that can do it. But right now, that's a – I mean, shooting seems to be a real problem with this team. Now, an advantage of that is they can get to the free throw line. They can improve as a free throw shooting team. And they are very difficult. They're going to be so hard for teams to score against. So, Curtis will be down in Austin for the Texas game. We'll have live updates rolling from that because he's there. It's not on TV or anything. But you get an 11 o'clock Auburn game, then you get a 3 o'clock – Texas game in basketball. And Curtis will be there with live updates on hogsports.com. He'll do a a stand-up, I assume, right after the game and, you know, talk about what he saw. And that's always a really good, um, really good watch. And you can watch that on Hog Hoops Live, the YouTube channel. Also on Facebook Live, it'll be right after the game, pretty close to after the game. But uh, go go find his YouTube channel. Just search Hog Hoops Live. Hog, H-A-W-G, Hoops Live. It's a very similar setup to this show. Curtis does a great job. His basketball is, I mean, I can't even pretend. And then Arkansas opens the season, so you get over a week off, what, nine days? And you got North Dakota State, 7 o'clock, Bud Walton Arena. That's SEC Network Plus. It's the plus. It's not the alternate. It means it's streaming only. Then Fordham on November 11th, South Dakota State, November 16th. Then it's the Maui Invitational. Actually get a nice little break November 16th and November 21st where they face Louisville and the Maui. Nice little break. Go check out our friends at Ozarks Go. 
ozarksgo.net slash hog, H-A-W-G. Check them out. If, you're, if your internet isn't perfect, then you're doing something wrong. This is 2022. Okay, you shouldn't be having internet issues if you're paying for internet. It's way too expensive to be paying for crappy internet. These guys give you a great price. They give you great speed. Two different options for speed. They're not going to jack your price up in year two. I couldn't be more happy. We moved like 16 months ago. Good time to move. I saw interest rates are up to 7%. It's a great time to sign up at Ozarks Go. Okay, if you're disappointed with your internet, if you keep looking at your bill and like, wow, why does my bill keep going up? The last people I was with, they just kept adding like $6. I was with them for a long time, and I looked at my bill, and I'm thinking about where I started. It's like, man, I'm paying like double now. These guys do a great job. They're, the internet never goes out here. I don't have some special internet guy I have to call. I haven't talked to these people aside from setting up this deal. Go to ozarksgo.net slash hog, H-A-W-G. You can also reach them at 479-684-4900. I mean, what else can you say? It just works. Like, if you don't want to think about your internet and just have it work, then you need Ozarks Go. Trey Biddy stamp of approval. Let's check out a few questions. Just a few. Only the good ones. Anybody questioning morals here? Why does this game so fi- feel so huge for us? I th- uh, Adrian Lem says, I mean, I think we, we talked about that because of the perception of where Arkansas's program is right now versus where Auburn's program is. And obviously you're trying to get bowl eligible. Auburn always gets help. It feels like it. Man, it always feels like it, doesn't it? It's been six years since they've beaten these guys, including 2020, which is a bunch of crap. Everybody knows it. But, you know, 10 years from now, nobody, nobody aside from Arkansas fans will talk about it. That's the thing that kind of sucks about it. You just get the L. Dalton Adams thinks there's a genuine chance that Arkansas can blow them out. I mean, if they play, if Auburn turns the ball over and stuff the way they, they have and makes the poor decisions, yes. If Arkansas, you know, keeps it pretty clean, yeah, they can. They they absolutely can blow them out. Kirby Smith says, I expect to see more four-man front on defense. Ole Miss ran a lot of three-man front against them. Now, they did score a lot of points. They scored 34 points. I think 35 points wins the game. That's what you predict, 35-17. Michael Polk says we win big if we stick if we stick to the run and make them load the box, then you throw over their heads. You know, I think it's interesting, Michael. Like up until the BYU game, up until after the BYU game, everybody's just like just run the ball. And now after KJ throws her five touchdowns, you think they're going to open it up? You think they're going to keep it open? Throw the ball down the field. <laughs> but yeah, I agree. Run the ball, limit mistakes. Do not turn the ball over. That's what that's what it'll cost Arkansas in this one. If they turn the ball over, if they match Auburn or something and turnovers or something, yeah, they'll be in real da- uh, danger of losing the game. You cannot turn the ball over on the road. You can't get off to a poor start. And I'll also say the energy, and I don't know if it was 11 o'clock or what, but the energy from Arkansas's defense against Mississippi State, the last 11 o'clock game in the SEC, was poor. It wasn't good. you got to have more fire. you got to have more energy. Go back and look at the, like, the Texas A&M game the energy on defense, especially in the first half versus what happened at Mississippi State. Totally different. Jason Jones says, Jason J. Bird Jones says, line up and stop the run, make the quarterback beat you with his arm, and Arkansas gets a big win. I think you got to pressure the guy, uh, but also I think you got to, like, show pressure and just drop eight. I think you got to do both. Obviously, you're not going to just blitz every down. It's a gamble every time you do it. But to me, this guy makes really poor decisions – when he's under duress. He's not one of those guys. And he's he'll he'll make some plays when he's under duress, too. He'll pick up some yardage, obviously. But for the most part, I feel like he makes mistakes throwing the ball under duress. Let's see. We win big, we stick with the run. We read that. My thing jumped. This seems to be a game for Arkansas to get back to forcing turnovers. We need to turn the in points. I mean, they're going to give you opportunities. The question is, can Arkansas capitalize on them? Uh, I think it's time for Arkansas to get back to the quarterback, though. Get Drew Sanders going again. 
get Jordan Dominic going again. It feels like those guys have been set, um, um, stuck at six and a half and four and a half sacks. They're still one and three in the SEC. They've just been stuck there. Dustin Hoofman says, Trey, what are your thoughts on DeBinion receiving out of the backfield? Love to see him get the ball in space. I mean, he had what? How many – do he have 40 receiving yards in the last game? Yeah, keep doing it. <laughs> I mean, I, I, everybody knows I'm a big Dominic Johnson fan. I think Dominic Johnson is being underutilized. At the same time, I like what AJ's doing. I like what DeBinion's doing. And I also understand they bring a little bit different change of pace. But I also know that – Arkansas could produce better at the goal line, I think, and maybe Dominic's is the guy down there. Although, when he was down there one time, he, he didn't get in. But he only got one chance. Jeremy McCollum says, do you think KJ stays another year or do you think he goes pro? I mean, if he plays like he did against BYU, then he goes pro. <laughs> KJ has been really strong on the road also. So, his efficiency rating at home is like 167. His efficiency rating rating on the road is like 162. This is Curtis. Curtis broke this down. So, at home, KJ in his career is 181 of 284 passing at 63.7% for 2,868 yards, 19 touchdowns, and four interceptions. Here's his road numbers. 127 of 190 at 66.8%, so a better completion percentage, for 1,605 yards. I'm pretty sure that's fewer yards per completion, though. 15 touchdowns and one interception. That's his road numbers. The worst, the worst place he's been is a, is a neutral, and he's still been good. Four interceptions, one touchdown, 41 yards, 62.3%, 33 of 53. So he's been pretty solid on the road. That needs to continue, no doubt. Okay. I feel like we did it. One more time. Subscribe to the page on YouTube. Take a moment right now. You're watching on YouTube. Just subscribe. Hit the notifications bell so you're alerted anytime we upload new videos. That's all I'm going to do. I'm not going to tell you about all the other ways to watch and listen. Just on our YouTube channel, we're almost at 15,000 subscribers. I'd love to get there. I love milestones. I love goals. So, yeah, subscribe to the channel. Hit the notifications bell so you're alerted anytime we upload new videos. Comment. Share it with your papaw. Your papaw doesn't know how to get on YouTube. Help him out. Look, papaw. I'll bookmark this for you. All you got to do, show him what to do. Show him how to get there. He's a big Razorback fan. He doesn't know about the show. He's scared of technology. Show him. Help him out. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining me. Thanks to Nathan King for hopping on with us. I'm going to join Nathan on his podcast here in a little bit. And thanks to Curtis Wilkerson, as always, and safe travels as you go down to Auburn. Or excuse me, as you go down to Austin, not Auburn. And anybody going to Auburn or Austin, safe travels to you as well. All right, everybody. We'll be back with you on Saturday afternoon uh, with the walk and talk be somewhere around here because damn it I'm not going to Auburn sit in that terrible press box all right everybody we'll catch you on Saturday this has been Trey Beatty with hogsports.com and I just said I'll catch you so I'll catch you next time I told you imaginary friends are real. This is just so exciting. This Friday, get ready for the movie event with the greatest cast you've ever imagined. Showtime. Ryan Reynolds, John Krasinski, Kaylee Fleming, Fiona Shaw, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Louis Gossett Jr., Matt Damon, Emily Blunt, George Clooney, Maya Rudolph, Bradley Cooper, Sebastian Maniscalco, John Stewart, Sam Rockwell, Aquafina, Keegan-Michael Key, and Steve Carell. I need to throw up or I need a snack. It's one of the two. Gross. If. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Written and directed by John Krasinski.